Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to let you know that this show is made possible by Anchor.fm. It's a free podcast hosting service. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and you don't need any fancy equipment, and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on all the platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. And the best part is you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good morning and welcome to News Me, a digestible rundown of the stories you need to know every morning. Whether you're commuting to work or enjoying a cup of coffee at home, we've got you covered on the latest. I'm Jamie, Editor-in-Chief of Scriber, and I'll be one of your anchors. In every segment, you'll also get to hear from Scriber correspondent and independent journalist George Ventura in The Ventura Report for a debriefing on foreign affairs. Don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter on scribernews.com and share this newscast with your friends. Let's get started. Today is Tuesday, November 12th, 2019. In the headlines this week, Republicans plan to go after Hunter Biden on Wednesday in the impeachment hearings. The 2020 presidential hopeful Tulsi Gabbard and her team of lawyers are demanding that Hillary Clinton retract comments in which she called the candidate a Russian asset. And Trump will hold a news conference with Turkey's president on Wednesday, also the same day as the House's first public impeachment hearings. Plus, you'll also get to hear updates from around the world with Jorge Ventura in Bolivia, Syria, Venezuela, and Israel. The most important story you need to know about this morning are the public impeachment hearings set to begin tomorrow. It will be the first time the Democratic-led House of Representatives will make their case for Trump's removal from office broadcast on national television. Three witnesses will publicly detail their concerns previously expressed behind closed doors that the Trump administration attempted to tie military aid to Ukraine in an investigation of former Vice President Joe Biden in order to secure his reelection in 2020. Republicans will likely focus in on Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, who has had a questionable history in Ukraine natural gas dealings when he played a role on the board of a Ukrainian natural gas firm in 2015 and received $3 million from Burisma Holdings. Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin of Ukraine attempted to investigate these findings until he was fired shortly after. In a recirculating clip online, Biden can be heard talking about firing the prosecutor and withholding $1 billion in aid to Ukraine. I was supposed to announce that there is another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to press conference and said, no, nah, I said, I'm not gonna, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. 
Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Republican lawmakers also requested in a letter over the weekend to House Democrats that Hunter Biden be a hearing witness, which they will likely decline. According to an Axios memo, Republicans are expected to focus on these four things in the impeachment hearings. First, that the July 25th phone call summary the best evidence of the conversation, shows no conditionality or evidence of pressure. Second, President Zelensky and President Trump have both said there was no pressure on the call. Third, the Ukrainian government was not aware of a hold on U.S. security assistance at the time of the July 25th call. And lastly, that President Trump met with President Zelensky and U.S. security assistance was sent to Ukraine in September, both of which occurred without Ukraine investigating President Trump's political rivals. The Democrats will likely count on U.S. diplomats William Taylor, George Kent, and Marie Yovanovitch to detail their concerns tomorrow and Friday that Trump and his administration sought to tie the Ukraine security aid to investigations that might benefit his re-election. Republicans and President Trump have argued that the $391 million to Ukraine, which were approved by the U.S. Congress to help combat Russian-backed separatists in the eastern part of Ukraine, were blocked by Trump to press Zelensky's government to fight corruption, not to seek an investigation of Biden and his son, according to a report in Reuters. Democrats consider the public hearings tomorrow crucial in building public support for a vote on formal charges against Trump. If this happens, the 100-seat Republican-controlled Senate would hold a trial on the charges. Trump is still in Manhattan, where he will speak to the Economic Club of New York at 12 p.m. Eastern and then attend a fundraiser. The president's son, Donald Trump Jr., will continue his book tour at Washington's Trump International Hotel at 6 p.m. Eastern time. President Trump will hold a news conference with Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan at the White House tomorrow, the same day the Democrat-controlled House of Representatives will hold the first public impeachment hearings. The White House announced Sunday the two will have a meeting, then appear for the news conference. Some topics of discussion will likely be the controversial Turkish invasion into Syria, including Syrian Kurd leaders' claims of attacks on their population and the U.S.'s decision to keep some troops in Syria. Impeachment will also likely be on the topic of discussion, as well as questions from reporters during the conference. Tulsi Gabbard and her team of lawyers are demanding that Hillary Clinton retract comments in which she called the candidate a Russian asset on the podcast Campaign HQ in October. They're also going to do third party again. And I'm not making any predictions, but I think they've got their eye on somebody who's currently in the Democratic <laughs> primary and are grooming her to be the third party candidate. She's a favorite of the Russians. They have a bunch of sites and bots and other ways of supporting her so far. Although Clinton did not say Tulsi Gabbard's name, Clinton's spokesperson confirmed that's who she was talking about. Both Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump defended Gabbard, with Trump saying these people are sick, there's something wrong with them. And Sanders tweeted that people can disagree on issues, but it is outrageous for anyone to suggest that Tulsi is a foreign asset. 
Now, Gabbard's legal counsel wrote a letter to Clinton's team saying the former Secretary of State knowingly defamed Gabbard. According to a report from The Hill, a Clinton spokesperson later said the former Secretary of State had been referring to Republicans with the grooming comment. It appears you may now be claiming that this statement is about Republicans, not Russians, grooming Gabbard, Gabbard's lawyer wrote in the letter. But this makes no sense in light of what you actually said. After you made the statement linking Congresswoman Gabbard to the Russians, you also, through your spokesman, doubled down on it with the Russian nesting doll's remark. The lawyers are requesting Clinton retract her comments both verbally and on Twitter. Now that you're all caught up, I'll hand it over to the Ventura Report for updates from around the world. The U.S. forces are ramping up firepower in Syria to counter new threats, according to Major General Eric Hill. The firepower is not to match ISIS, but the militaries of the Syrian regime, the Russians, and militias backed by fellow NATO partner Turkey. We've been conducting a withdrawal. We've been resetting ourselves here in the east, and as we do that, we want to make sure we have the right mix of different vehicles and combat power here to sustain ourselves, said Major General Eric Hill. The U.S. forces are protecting oil fields, have now faced renewed threats after Russian foreign minister insisted that Syrian forces must soon take them back under their control. President Donald Trump recently approved an expanded military mission to secure oil fields across eastern Syria. Former Bolivian President Evo Morales has tweeted that he is leaving Bolivia for Mexico, which has granted him asylum. Peruvian authorities said earlier Monday evening that a Mexican government plane had flown from Peru to pick up Morales, who resigned Sunday after weeks of social unrest over a disputed presidential election. I am leaving for Mexico, grateful for the openness of these brothers who have offered us asylum to protect our life. It hurts me to leave the country for political reasons, but I will always be concerned. I will return soon with more strength and energy, said Morales in a tweet. Before flying to Mexico, Morales said on Twitter that police were seeking to arrest him illegally and that violent groups had broken into his home at Sunday night. Venezuela's oil output continues to take a negative hit under sanctions and is at its lowest level since 1940. Venezuela is being forced into selling cup price oil as U.S. sanctions against President Nicolas Maduro's government starts to bite into its most important source of revenue. Oil is accounting for well over 90% of Venezuelan legal exports. The country's ability to sell it abroad is critical for Venezuela's survival as well as Maduro's presidency. A business school in Caracas estimates that exports are bringing in just $250 million net each month, compared to an average of $5.3 billion per month between the year 2005 and 2014. And as nations turn their back on Venezuela, either for the desire to isolate from Maduro or fear of breaching U.S. sanctions, the number of tankers calling at Venezuelan ports has dropped. Washington sanctions on Venezuela mean that the country has lost access not only to its biggest market, that being the U.S., but also other markets in, around the world. 40% of the, of the country's oil exports come from the U.S. until this year. 
Venezuela is increasingly reliant on Russia state oil company Rosneft, which is helping circumvent U.S. sanctions by shipping U.S. oil to buyers in China and India. After Israel's military killed a senior leader of the second largest militant group in the Palestinian territory, militants in Gaza fired at least 50 rockets into Israel early Tuesday, setting off alarms and forcing people into bomb shelters. Israel authorities reported at least two injuries, including one to an eight-year-old girl who was in critical condition. The rocket fire comes after Israel's military said it killed the Iranian-backed Palestinian Islamic Jihadist senior leader. It accused the military commander of orchestrating numerous rocket attacks against Israel in recent months and of planning another attack soon. That's it for affairs. I'm George Ventura. You can find me on Twitter at Ventura Report or on Instagram, Jorge Ventura TV, and of course on YouTube, The Ventura Report. Looks like that's it for today's newscast. Thanks for listening. Go to scribernews.com for more reports where you can also make a donation to support free speech media. Follow us on social media at Scriber News to stay informed. All music in this podcast was produced by Il Ali.